Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. Welcome, man. Uh, episode two. I thought last week went yes. pretty well. Uh, how how you doing today? Awesome. But yeah, it went good, uh, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Did a good job, I thought. But um, yeah, I'm doing well. Had a really good weekend. Just kind of watched football, and it was good to see it back. It was it was definitely different with no fans in the stands for some of the teams. Mm-hmm. I, I watched the North Carolina Syracuse game, which was pretty sloppy at first, but. No fans whatsoever at the game. So it's a different kind of, you know, different kind of look. It looked more like you, if you were watching a scrimmage, a real dress-up scrimmage. That's what it looked like. But I enjoyed seeing football back again. It was it was good for me. Yeah, same here. It was it was fun to watch. And, um, you know, first of all, I need to ask you, man, how do you like that? How do you like our intro music there? You, you like the way that sounds and all? I, I like it, man. I think that you had a theme. There I, with the with the Steel City and and Pittsburgh because I played for the Steelers and you're a big fan, mm-hmm. so I thought it was really good, good choice. You have, you know, I tell you what, that's why I like you so much, Will. You have great <laughs> taste, my friend. Just expensive <laughs> taste, but great taste. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah, Hard as Steel is the name of that song, and so right. I thought that was just fitting for. For me and you, but obviously for the connections to the to the Steel City that we both have, and uh, yeah, it just yeah, we're talking. I thought, I thought it was great. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. We're talking clips of football, but hey, everybody knows we're both Steeler guys, so you know it's like yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah. And we're gonna throw a little bit of that in there, so hopefully if there's some some. I know there's some crossover Steeler fans and Clemson fans, so yeah. you know you'll be able to get a little bit of the Steelers in there. We won't talk, you know. Everybody knows I'm Steeler Will, and sometimes I'm just going to talk about the Steelers because that's who I am, right. you know. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll throw a little bit in there. Speaking of that, Monday night uh, uh-huh. our Steelers played. Uh, ben Big, Big Ben was back, and, they you know, they played yeah. the New York Giants. What, what did you think real fast about Big Ben coming back and the way the Steelers look? I thought Big, I thought Big Ben looked pretty good. You know, it was a little shaky. I knew he had some nerves going in, and he said that as much, that he was going to be a little nervous coming back. And I guess when you miss the whole season, it's pretty tough coming back mentally. But he got back into the groove, and I thought he looked pretty well for the first game. And you got to understand, there's no preseason games or anything like that, no warm-ups. So he looked, I thought, pretty well for a guy who's coming back from a surgery like that. And you think about his age, I thought he did a great job and I tell you what, the Steelers look like they got some receivers on that team. I know the Giants are a little, you know, a little lacking in defense, but I thought the Steelers looked really good. Yeah, I think so too. I think they're going to be a player this year in the AFC. Um, you know, still in that tough division with Baltimore and and, and with yes. Lamar Jackson. But I really like with Big Ben back. It just makes them a totally different team. And uh, Benny Snell, man, he he looked good running the football the other day after he came in for James Conner. I'm excited about that because if they can yeah. run the football, that just opens things up, I think, as you mentioned, for those young wide receivers and Ben to kind of get settled in, if you will, and, and, and start working together and getting that chemistry together. And and then you just add that defense. Man, that defense looks like you guys flying around out there. Bud Dupree was they, everywhere, wasn't he? But uh, it's, it's a contract year, I guess, you know, so <laughs> – he looked really good. I thought the defense flew around a great deal. And it was good to see because, you know, that's their foundation, you know, having a great defense and being able to stop people and intimidate people at will. So to see them do that, it was refreshing to me. 
and hopefully they can keep it going on. Uh, I thought uh, a lot of the games were good as far as the NFL was concerned. The one the one issue I did have though was the Kansas City Texans game. I, I, I thought the the fans were. I, I didn't quite understand why the fans were booing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seemed like they were just together in unity and. That's tough to see because it makes you think, you know, that sometimes some of these fans, and I'm not saying all, that they don't really understand that these guys are humans and they do have a great platform. And I think for the most part, they try to use that platform for something good, whether it be Black Lives Matter or whether it be cancer or whether it be the military, you know, those guys usually do a good job, especially with young kids sick kids they usually do a good job of trying to help out and i think they thought they were you know they were doing something good i thought they were too you know just they were just locking arms saying they're together especially when you get two opposing teams to do that Mm -hmm. Uh, i didn't really understand the booing but you know you have the right to boo if you want to boo so but I, i thought that was a little disappointing as you talk about the you talk about the weekend other than that the weekend was good and you know, I think we got to keep pushing for for what's right. Mm-hmm. And I applaud those athletes for doing that. And then also for the college athletes who've done that too. You know, they're they're pushing for for the right thing. And I think sometimes uh, some fans, they get a little too political about it. And they express their feelings, not understand that these young men are, are human beings and they just want to do what's right. So... Yeah, and that's the thing, LeVon, this weekend is going to be, um, you know, there's going to be some stuff at Clemson, too, and uh, they're going to – I know for a fact I was there uh, yesterday and saw the – they're going to have four little blocks on the field um, that are going to be on the sideline at Frank Howard Field where um, they're black and they're written in white letters, which is going to say unity and equality on both sidelines from the five-yard line to the 15-yard line on on both sides. Um, And so it's going to be read – so you can read it on TV – what it's going to say. So you're going to see those, um, those uh, words there. And, and that's the way Clemson is, you know, um, kind of using their platform, if you will, as a school and university to kind of show support for the players and, um, and, and, and the movement the players have had for a lot of number of reasons this year, you know, it's, it hasn't been just the Black Lives Matters. It's been the players movement and things that the players want done um, at, at the college level. So there's going to be some of that at Clemson tomorrow. So, or, or Saturday, I should say. So please, understand uh, as you go into death valley that you know these kids are just they're 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 trying to have a platform make a voice and whether you agree with it or not you applaud at least the effort and the energy that they care because it's a lot better than not caring and and at least levon the whole thing i look at all this it starts conversations and i think that's what this is all about because the only way to educate people is to talk about it and um right. and and that's the most important thing because hey man me and you we grew up in small towns but your your right. experience in a small town was a whole lot different than my experience in a small town but because of the conversations me and you can have we can understand and learn about each other's lives and and how each how different both were yeah i, I think so i think it's all about being open mm-hmm. you know I, I think if you are emotionally emotionally intelligent you're always about a growth mindset <laughs> and trying to learn more and I know there's a lot of things that I've been really fixed with, but as I grow older and as I grow wiser, you realize that you need to open your mind to different ideas and uh, try to see 
both sides of the equation before you really make remarks. And I think if if our fans and the fans all over and people all over do that, they will understand that there's nothing wrong with being united. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with equal, um, you know, for for people to be treated equally. And I, I think if you open your mind to it, you can see it. And you can see that it, it needs to be some changes done um, just in what how we think in our country. And I, I think that schools like Clemson and athletes like Trevor, man, they're doing a great job of just expressing that. And I don't think they're just trying to be political. I think they're just trying to express their love for human beings. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it comes down to. I like how right. you said that, man. It's a, it's a great way to, 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 to wrap it up there with that because it is about love. And that's right. the one thing we all need to do is kind of love each other. And if we all love each other, that's going to solve a lot of problems. And, you know, um, I know, I know some people probably are not as religious as we are and, and, and things of nature, but you know, that's the thing, you know, with Jesus Christ, he always says, you know, love will save all. And it, love is a big thing. And that's, that's why, you know, love, love God, love people. Um, and so yeah. you got to have both to do it. And, um, well, and so that, that's the thing that's, that's great about that message you just said, because it is about love. Cause if we love each other, that's all that's it, everything else will solve itself. It, it really, you know, we have more in common than we really don't have in common. I mean, um, you're a white guy, I'm a black guy, but man, if you got my blood type, and I need it. I don't care. Exactly, right? <laughs> I, I don't Same care. here, man. You know, I just want that blood to be able to help me. So, you know, we we got a heart, we got lungs. We basically inside we're we're more connected than I think that then we're not connected. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately you have to be careful about some of the messages that you hear and then even some of the stuff that you may may have grew up with, you know, you may have to be a little bit more of a critical thinker and try to think a little bit more outside the box and try to see it from another perspective. But that's, that's all I have to really say about that. But other than that, man, football is back. I mean, our distractions are back. So it was a good thing. And I had a good time, you know, sitting on the couch, watching games, man, trying to evaluate them, trying to take some notes and, I thought that this weekend, besides not having the fans there, having the atmosphere, that was some pretty good football. It was. And speaking of pretty good football, we'll get right into the main reason people are coming to listen to us, man, and that's to talk Clemson football because, like us, they love Clemson football. They're passionate about Clemson football. And as much Clemson football as you can hear and get and read, you know, let's do it, right? So last week's game at Wake Forest, I don't want to say anything because I first want to get your initial – thought of what you saw with Clemson's 37 to 13 victory last week in uh, Winston-Salem? Well, I I tell you what I thought. I thought that our five-star guys, uh, when I talk about five-star guys, I'm not talking about recruiting or really the new guys, but I'm talking about guys like Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. I thought those guys really looked good. And the one thing that I was impressed with with Trevor he just seemed really poised that whole game. He just seemed like he was really on his game. He almost seemed like he was mid-season, to be, mm-hmm. um, to be truthful with you. Last year, you saw him pressing a little bit in that Georgia Tech game and trying to make the big plays and trying to 
I don't know if he was trying to win the Heisman, but I think he was trying to prove a point. And a lot of times in in sports, you have to kind of let the game kind of come to you. It has the vibe. You, you really can't force the issue. You have to go out there and do your job and, and do it to the best of your ability. Last year, I thought it was pressing. This year, I thought he just let it come to him. He has so much command on his throws. Did he throw some bad balls? He threw a couple bad balls, but for the most part, I thought he was really sharp. I thought what they do with um, Travis and that one-two punch setting up the run uh, to make their passing game go. And I can tell you from a defensive uh, perspective, it's tough when you can run and pass the ball. It really is. If you're a one-dimensional team, a team can figure you out and they understand what you can do. And they understand easily how to stop it. But when you have a back like Travis and the backs that they got, and you got a quarterback like Trevor who can really understand and read the field pretty well, you got a nice formula there. So I thought that the five-star guys played well. And I was impressed with some of the young guys that came in and played. Uh, a lot of times when they talk about recruits, I usually have a wait and see kind of thing for me. I, I just want to wait and see what they do. But I thought Murphy and I thought Breezy, was, they were impressive, man. They were as advertised. When they, I mean, it's hard to get a sack in football, period. Right. But when you come off the bat and you're getting sacks and you're making plays at the D-line, at the D-line position, it makes everything else easier. When you have a great front, uh, it makes it easy on the secondary. They can cover well. They don't have to cover as long. And you can rotate them. And it was just their first game. And I was like, wow, these guys are as advertised. They look like sophomores and juniors instead of freshmen. Yeah, they did. And I was impressed – the the way and the efficiency first on the offensive side of as you mentioned with the offense and Trevor Lawrence and the running game and first of all let's remember that offensive line right four new starters you couldn't tell to be four honest with you there was there was one I saw maybe one or two blown assignments that was it and it was really more just technique than just kind of mm -hmm. being beat um, and, and so I thought the offensive line did a great job opening up holes for Travis and giving him good running lanes to go through I thought. Uh, Trevor was very efficient with the way he distributed the football to his wide receivers. Amari Rogers, I thought, stepped up, played well, looked like, okay, this guy's yeah. going to be good. My guy, Braden Galloway, I'm a tight end guy. Can you tell? My guy, uh, Braden Galloway, you know, he just looked really good. I think Galloway is the key. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about you're missing a T. Higgins and you're talking about Ross not being available for the whole year, that tight end situation that we got now is going to be very important. And I think we got some guys that can make a difference. But nowadays, tight ends are such a bad matchup for linebackers and safeties, and even in the NFL level. So you can imagine in the college level how that middle of the field is going to be uh, really a weapon, I think, that we're going to be able to use, and especially when you got an ETN back there, mm -hmm. you got a Dixon back there that can run the ball. As a linebacker, you're really keying on those guys. You're trying to stop the run. And when you do that, that just opens up guys like um, Galloway. And, uh, is it Allen, the new guy? Yeah, Davis Allen. Yeah, sophomore. But, uh, but yeah, but, you know, he, he, he had mono during camp last year. 
And so right. he really took him a while to kind of before he kind of got going. So they really couldn't use him in the offense. But now he's had a whole year under his belt. He had, yeah. you know, spring. He had summer. And you mm-hmm. could tell, I mean, that 42-yard catch and run down the seam was was pretty impressive with him too. And then J.C. Chalk, you know, the senior yeah. catching that. Nice- that was a really – tell you what, that was a really nice catch. Nice throw, nice catch. And it was good to see – Chalk make that touchdown. I didn't realize that was his first touchdown. I didn't pass. either. I was sitting there yeah. as I was writing it, and I was like, hold on a second. Is that Chalk's first touchdown? And then, of course, right. I go to the media guy, and I'm like, that was his first touchdown. I can't believe his that. First you know? touchdown. Yeah, he's been there. He's been he's been productive in other ways. Yeah. That it was just surprising to see that was the first time he's gotten in the end zone. But I really, I'm like you. I really like the tight ends. I think they're going to be a weapon in this offense this year. And Tony Elliott, kudos to him for the play calling. I thought he was – Man, he looked midseason form. And that's the thing that's scary about this team is they look midseason form. And you saw – you mentioned the mistakes from Trevor Lawrence. We watched a couple wide receivers drop some passes. You know, I, I talked about a couple blown assignments in the offensive line. They didn't play perfect. No. Not even close to it. But and you don't, and you don't expect great. them to play perfect that first game. I mean, the first game is always tough. I mean, exactly. it's an adjustment. And with the, with the virus going on and, the you know, how teams have to practice now – you know, you can't really have your normal scrimmages, things of that nature, really get to see it. And still yet, even in a regular season, that first game is always a game that's a, a kind of an adjustment period. And usually you see the biggest jump from the first game to the second game. Mm-hmm. But I thought, like you have, that the Tigers look really good as far as the five stars. And you always want your five stars to show up. And those guys really did show up. People may say, well, who's the receiver? But I think those receivers are going to come through as uh, as the season go along. And maybe one will be the guy, more of a target that you can take the lid off of a defense. But for right now, I think I thought Trevor spread the ball around pretty well. And if you have a running game that's as effective as the Tigers running game, then you will see guys getting over the top. You will see guys making uh, plays downfield as you're accustomed to at Clemson. Absolutely. And on the defensive side, and you mentioned a little bit earlier about the freshman, Miles Murphy, Brian Brzee, uh, those guys just come in right away. Let's see, um, two sacks, seven tackles for Miles Murphy, three tackles for a loss. He looked like Cleveland Farrell out there, let's be honest. Yeah. And then uh, Brzee looked like Dexter Lawrence, you know, breaking mm-hmm. through his first play. He goes and gets a half sack. You know, really, I would have gave him the whole sack because when I went back and watched the play, it's like he's really the only reason why it was a sack to begin with, and he ended up being the guy who tackled the guy too. And I'm thinking, well, he should have got the whole sack. They gave the other half to, to Spectre, and that's fine. Balin, Balin Borchardt deserves a half sack too. But I, right. I really thought that should have been all given to, to Brzee on that play because he, he, he just blew his guy up and just, man. And then, and then I looked at the rest of the defense too especially the first-team defense. They gave up 113 total yards in the first half and only 13 mm-hmm. rushing yards. Um, right. the, I mean, they were just dominant. They dominated the line of scrimmage from the get-go. And Wake, and Wake has a bunch of guys up front that are, that are veteran players, and they right. just made them look like, like they were ragdolls all night. Well, yeah, you can, you can tell the difference between the, the talent and the skill up front. And like we said, Wake Forest is a really – good discipline team and they've been pretty consistent for the last four years mm-hmm. going to bowl games so this is a good team and they met and you know they they didn't have a lot of guys they missed a lot of guys and but i'm telling you man we got they, those guys those young guys with all that energy got after them 
And just imagine, that's just their first game and they're making plays. They probably, I mean, they, I'm sure they went back on the film and understood and know that they didn't do everything right. There was probably some technique things going on. But if you can get that activity that they give you, that's a plus. I, I'd take a dog that'll bite any day. I do. And those guys are definitely biters. And it was good to see that up front. I, I thought our secondary, you know, we're missing some guys that we normally have back there. Well, you know, that one-on-one that we do a lot, it can be a lot of pressure, man. It's tough to play one-on-one. I have friends sometimes be like, man, why that guy keep getting beat? And I'm like, you don't understand that covering a guy one-on-one and he knows his route and you don't quite know what he's going to do and you're just reacting a lot of times, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough, especially for a so, young player. Especially for a young player is thrown out there for the first time. It's going to be some butterflies, you know. It's going to be a lot, especially when you're talking man to man for the most part. Because Venables, I, I call him that's a proactive defense. Mm-hmm. You know, some defenses are reactive. He's a proactive kind of defense, so he's going to get after you and he's going to try to dominate you. So the corners are going to have to really hold up, and the back end has to hold up. But, you know, I thought other than that, man, the first team defense looked good. I, I like the linebackers. I tell you, my man, Jay, the guy's a player, man. Yeah, he he's played well. And, Call, and his, he called the game His well. brother, Tyler, he's a, he's a fast guy, man. He <laughs> really is. So they, they're going to get better. They're going to get better. This is just the first game, and I think you just had a glimpse of what Clemson could possibly be this year. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the secondary was without Darian Kendrick. They were yeah. out without Mario Goodrich. Both those guys were more likely going to be the starters in that game, and they're veteran players. Um, Kendrick's an all-ACC guy. Now, the good news for Clemson, they're going to be back this week. Um, yeah. they, were, they were in protocol last week, and so that's why they had to miss the game. And so, uh, you know, that's something we're going to see this year. We're going to see guys that, you know, normally would play, but because they're in protocol. And remember, co- protocol doesn't mean they have COVID. It just means they – may could have been around somebody they could have had it but it also means they could have been around somebody and if they're around somebody that's tested positive then they have to go into a quarantine and they're in quarantine for 10 to 14 days so you know so that's going to happen from time to time throughout the season not only with Clemson but with a lot of teams and so mm-hmm. people just need to understand this is going to be a different world we're playing in this year and until they find the vaccine for this virus so right. um so you know so you got to have depth you got to have guys that stand up uh, step up and i think that's the thing when you it was great for those young players, such as you know Andrew Booth um, and such as uh, Sheridan Jones, uh, to kind of experience it, what it's like mm-hmm. to start, and then to see what the mistakes they made. Now you can go back and get on film, and Coach Reed can get on film and say, "Okay, guys, here's what you did wrong. Look at your technique. Look how mm-hmm. you gave inside leverage, or or look how you weren't in position to go up and play that fifty-fifty ball because of your technique." Very right. coachable stuff that they're going to be able to work with now. And those guys are talented players, so this is only going to make them better. So when you get to week seven or eight, now you're going to start seeing the benefits of these guys playing here at this point in the season. And it's going to pay off when you're playing Notre Dame and Florida State and Virginia Tech and those teams at the end of the year. Yeah, I think that's why you always you always want to get depth. And you always going out there trying to recruit depth, too. Mm-hmm. Shoot, you're trying to recruit walk-ons because uh, in college football <clears> – <throat> That's what matters. You can have your starters be good, 
But, man, especially on the defensive side, especially on the D-line, you want those guys to be fresh. It does you no good if you got a great front four, but you have no rotation in your front four mm-hmm. or your front three or your front seven because they're going to just get worn out They, they because defense is energy. That's what it is. It's energy. And if you don't have that energy, you can't make plays, Mm-mm. you know? And I, that's what I really liked about the recruiting that Clemson has done, but more importantly, the development. They're getting the right five stars. You can get five-star players, but they turn out not to be the right five-star guys. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is they're getting the right five stars and they're getting the right three stars. Because you can take a three-star guy and you can develop him into a five-star guy. Such as Isaiah Simmons. Such as Isaiah Simmons. Because a lot of times when you talk about three-star, two-star guy, it's probably a difference in their high school. Mm -hmm. The high school program and the coaching and maybe the strength um, program, that's the difference. When you get a five-star guy, normally he's gone to a pretty good school. But you have to find the right five-star guys. And Clemson seems to be finding the right five-star guys, whether it, whether it's at defensive line, a wide receiver, or a quarterback in the last few years, they're finding the right stars. And it was good to see the five stars perform the way they perform. And in, in talking about five stars, that, that, that's a great transition to go to our next topic. And, um, and we talked a little bit about them earlier, but Trevor Lawrence, you know, his, the last time we saw him play a football game, it didn't go too well. You know, right. he, he had his worst game of his career. And so this was his first opportunity to respond. And it wasn't just a typical, you know, he's coming back and responded the first game. But when you throw everything in that happened in the offseason, you know, he got engaged. You know, as we've talked about his leadership in the Black Lives Matters movement and all the other things that are going on with the players movement and how he has stepped up and has been the face of college football, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. for the players. Um you wondered how much pressure was going to be on his shoulders when it came to actually just playing the game, because ultimately it comes down to, you know, you got to play the game at some point. Well, last Saturday was his first opportunity to show that. And you would have thought he just was just practicing all the time and wasn't doing anything as far as any, any kind of other stuff that was going on in his life. You know, he was just that laser focused. And I think that was a good sign to see because a, as we said earlier, he wasn't perfect in that game, but he looks so sharp in, in most of that game where, you know, I think he graded very high. He was the ACC player of the week. He was a national player of the week. He not only did throw for a touchdown, but he ran for two more. You know, I thought played the zone read beautiful the whole game. And a lot of people don't right. understand that part of football. And, you know, but he ran that and read that just as well as he did throwing the football. Um, I thought overall I gave Trevor Lawrence an A-plus in my grades. I thought it was a great performance. What are your thoughts on just Trevor Lawrence and how he played that first game? Well, you, I think what people also don't understand is that because of the age of social media, that everyone has a camera in their hand. Um, we're more global than we've ever been before. I mean, we can look into other people's lives easily now. And to be a young man in college, um, being at the position of quarterback and all the scrutiny you would get. And usually when you have players with that high profile, 
they're usually not political. They're usually kind of stand back as far as political views or community views. And he's about he's been out in the forefront. He's been out front leading it. And for him to take all that in, and like you said, being engaged, that's a that's another pressure point all in itself. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it in a pandemic. I thought that he shows showed so much poise in the Wake Forest game because the normal guy would have been nervous. Anybody would have been nervous in that situation. But he went out there, man, and he just played his game. And even though he got sacked early, and it was probably a little bit of his fault, he came back and he was as sharp as ever. There were some good throws out there. There's some, let's put it frankly, there's some NFL throws out there that he's he's putting out there. And I'm like, wow, this guy's impressive. He really was. And uh, I thought he read, like you said, the read option. Those two touchdowns, I mean, it was just there. He just took it. And that's the best part that you're seeing right now. He's taking whatever the defense has given him. And I think that ball is going to be spread out a whole lot this year. And uh, he's going to have his chance to run in some easy touchdowns from the goal line because as a defense, you've got to key on ETN. Mm -hmm. (laughs) With that short amount of space, yeah, you got to lock in on him. And that's where his legs – and I think this is where he's different from a lot of quarterbacks that you think are statue quarterbacks, that this kid can actually run and he can move. And he's 6'6". <laughs> I mean, he, he I'm, you couldn't draw him up better if he were a comic book illustrator. You couldn't. And uh, I, I just think that he looked extremely sharp for a first game. Most, I mean, I haven't seen anybody look that sharp in a first game in a long, long time. Yeah, and he literally runs like a, a gazelle. I mean, he literally looks like one because his long legs, and you just don't think he's that fast. And then ask Ohio State how fast he is because, you know, 67 yards later they found out. You know, yeah. I mean, he, he's he got some wheels on him, and he's just a weapon that you have, and he's got great movement in the pocket, knows how to slide in the pocket, keeps his when he does get out. And that's why he took the sack because he's always looking downfield. He's right. not – He's not just going to tuck the ball and run. He's trying to see if there's anybody open downfield, which you like in your quarterback. So you'll live with those. You know, uh, uh, you hear Mike Tomlin always say about Big Ben. He says, hey, look, you live and die with number seven. You know that he's going to do something that's going to be like, you're like, oh, what did you do that for? But because of who he is, he's also going to make a play that's going to be like, wow, I can't believe he just did that. So you live with those things, and that's going to happen from time to time. And I think Trevor is that kind of player, right? Oh, no question about it. You 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 live and die with Trevor, Trevor in the game, and you're fortunate to have a player of his caliber on your college football team. And as a fan, you need to enjoy this season because after this season, he's not going to be there anymore. And I think sometimes you don't really know or you don't really keep it in perspective how uh, when you get a good guy like that, especially on that college level, how he changed the game. I can't imagine as a as a defensive person to go against a quarterback who's 6'6", and I can only sling that ball, but he can run too. And he got a little bit behind him. You know, that's the, normally if you would see Trevor on the street, you would say, that's a big man. You know, that's yeah. a tall, big man. That's a tall so drink you, of water. Can you imagine – that's like a LeBron James man out there. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, that's LeBron James coming at you uh, full court. 
And I can imagine you being a, a DB, you're 5'9", 180, <laughs> and you're seeing that guy coming at you, you may have to make a business decision. And usually you don't think of quarterbacks that way. Right. That, okay, do I tackle him or do I run beside him or do I run slightly two yards behind him act, acting like I'm trying to catch him? So, yeah, I, he just brings so much to the table. And a lot of times you don't see that package in a lot of players. But to see that in a college player at this point in time, it, it's a thing to watch. And I enjoy watching what he's done so far. And I'm looking forward to what he's going to do even next week. Yeah, and, and then next week they, they got the Citadel this coming Saturday, yeah. home opener in Death Valley. I got to ask you this first. So, you know, they had the media go around and they had the TV cameras there and the tours. What did you think about the seats from the pictures and videos you've seen, how Clemson has spread out those 19,000 fans that are going to be in Death Valley on Saturday? Well, I mean, I think it's a good thing. You're trying to be safe and you're trying to have a strategy as far as the fans are concerned and you and so I, I think is is wise. I thought, you know, one time I was watching the Georgia Tech Florida State game, and I thought like, wow, they're really really close to each other. I was like, okay, I thought it was maybe is this today's game? I thought it was maybe <laughs> last year's game. I wasn't quite sure, but yeah, I, I think it's just you're being smart with your fan fan base, and you want people to be able to enjoy the game, but. You want them to feel safe and secure. And I like the plan that they have in place. And I think when you're talking about the pandemic, something that we we all don't know a whole lot about, we never experienced it during this time, mm-hmm. that, yeah, you got to be a little precautious of what you're doing. So I think it's a good plan. I think it'll show up pretty good. I mean, it's not going to be like 80,000 strong like it always is, but it will be a home field advantage. And I think that everybody involved is going to have a great time this Saturday. Yeah, and for people who may haven't seen it, you can go to uh, our website, theclemsoninsider.com, and you can check out my friend Bart Boatwright's photo gallery, and he took a great photo gallery of it. And so you get a perspective of how the seats, how Clemson used every inch of Memorial Stadium to spread the 19,000 people out. So they it won't be 81,000, but it'll give it an appearance like it's going to be like 81,000. That's what it's going to look like. It's going to be pretty neat, uh, I think, uh, to see. You're, you're going to be able to tell the spaces, but it's not going to be like a group of people are over here and a group of people are over here. That They used right. every inch to spread this out. Where there's, so there's somebody somewhere in every part of the stadium. They're really cool. So people – you know, go to the website, ClemsonInsider.com, and you can check that out and see what it looks like. You know, yes. in this day and age, you don't practice that enough, you know, like you guys did back in the day. You guys practiced it more. These guys don't. So there's, you know, guys are coming at their legs, especially on the defensive line, and they're chopping them. And so it's always a, a concern because you, if you're not used to that, especially these mm-hmm. young players, how to defend it, you know, it can, it can serve as a problem. And, you know, you can have a team like that. Uh, I don't necessarily think they're going to beat Clemson because I don't think they can. But they can cause some problems for Clemson, especially, you know, on the defensive side of the football. They really can. The option, the option can really be a deceiving offense. And if you are not disciplined, you can ask Alabama last year. You know, the game at halftime was 10-10. Mm-hmm. You can ask South Carolina a few years ago, and they go up there and they upset, upset South Carolina when they desperately needed that win. So that option – if your front seven is not playing assignment football and understanding where they need to be related to the defense, then you can have some holes. 
And that's what they're trying to hit you with. It's kind of like David versus Goliath. You know, you don't play, when you're David, you don't play Goliath game. You mm-hmm. don't go up there and try to run the conventional offense when you don't have the personnel are really, quite frankly, you don't really have the talent and the horses to do that. Do something different. You got to go guerrilla tactics. And the option, in a lot of ways, if you're a team that is not as talented, not as deep, can be helpful because what it does, it, it, lo- it really, as a defense, it kind of puts you in a guessing game. You're trying to figure out what they are doing. And defensive guys, they like to make plays. They like to make tackles. They like to make big tackles. And a lot of times you can catch uh, a, ta- a more talented team by their heels because it's, it's mirrors, it's, it's tricks, it's the Kansas City shuffle. You're showing them different things, but you're doing different things. And a lot of times if your defense is not on point and not assignment sound, they may have some problems. And then when you key on the running game a whole lot and you keep, they keep running the ball, they keep running the ball, your safeties, if they're not disciplined, they'll try to cheat up so they can make that play. And that's when you can get behind them. Mm-hmm. So when you have a team like Citadel that comes in your place, you cannot take them lightly. You cannot take that, oh, we're just going to show up and win the game because we're the number one team in the country. Or we, we supposedly play on a bigger level than they play on. Those guys are football players. Those guys, a lot of those guys come from the state of South Carolina. So you don't think they want to go up there and go to Clemson and have a good showing? You're crazy. So they're going to play on a high level, and they're going to get after it. So I think defensively is where you have to worry about a team like Citadel because you're wondering, like, man, Everybody's saying you're going to win this game and win it handily. But as a coach, you're concerned about the option because if they get it flowing, it can really expose your defense. Exactly. And and, and let's be honest, we're not – we know they beat Georgia Tech last Tech, and So Clemson's right. going to move the football on offense, and they're going, to, they're going to be explosive on offense. So the question comes for me is, like, if you're Dabo Sweeney and you're doing, your defense is doing what they need to do, how long do you leave – Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne in because this is a game where you have an opportunity to get a lot of those young skill players into the game, such as DJ, such as uh, Tyson Pupachain, get those quarterbacks some experience because especially this year in this COVID-19 world that we live in, you don't know who's going to be available from one week to the next. You want to make sure that backup quarterback and those backup running backs and wide receivers are ready to play, right? And so how long do you – how long do you go? Because you also got that thing. You got to, you want to get, keep your quarterback fresh, right? You don't want him to like have to go basically two weeks and there's an open week next week too. So you don't want him to go two weeks without playing. Right. So how do you balance that? If you're Dabo Sweeney and the offensive coaches with your skill players? Well, I think you have a plan for both. Uh, It really kind of depends on the flow of the game, Mm -hmm. but you want to make sure that Trevor and guys like Travis are, are getting their touches and getting their reps. So you don't want to just like, okay, first quarter and you're done. This is not a preseason game. This game is a regular season game, and it does count. Uh-huh. So I see those guys at least going to the half or maybe even some in the third quarter, depending on the score. But you have a plan for both things. You know, you never know. You go into the North Carolina game last year, 
And you're thinking, oh, Clemson should handle those guys with ease. And it's a struggle the whole way. Uh-huh. So you, I think you always have in mind that you're going to have your starters out there for a long a, enough period of time where you know that the game is in hand. Uh-huh. Once you understand that the game is in hand, now you start thinking, okay, should we, you know, should we bring those guys out, give them some proper rest, you know, relax those guys, don't get them hurt. But you can't ever go into the game thinking like, oh, when are we going to pull them? You got to let the game play out. And once it plays out, you know, it'll, it'll tell you. It'll tell you whether you can say, hey, you know what? It's the third quarter, five more minutes left in the third, third quarter. Let's get those guys out of the game. Or are you thinking like, man, this game's a little tighter. I want to see some more. Then you keep them in the game. So you always go into the game playing your starters as long as you possibly can. You don't worry about those guys getting hurt or – you know, is that enough for them? You let them get in there and and get rolling and, and go. And then if you have an opportunity to play some other guys, you play the other guys. So I'm sure that uh, Dabo has a plan in mind. He's talked with it as far as his offensive staff and what to do. But honestly, they got to go out there and they got to play. The game is still, still played on the field. Man, you know what we got in hand? What's that? We got our second episode in hand. That's oh, it, man. buddy. Can That's you believe wonderful. it? Episode two, I can't buddy. I believe it. Yeah. That's good. That's we're, good. That's... We're, we're rolling right along. We are rolling along, and it's going like it's going better than I thought it would go. I mean, I just I, I knew we would make a good connection, but ah oh, man, it's good to talk football because I know the people that I talk to they're probably tired of me talking in depth as far as football is concerned, and especially as far as Clemson is concerned. I, I just enjoy talking the game, especially with somebody who's like-minded, who likes and enjoys talking the game as much as you do, Will. Man, so, thanks, buddy. Yeah, man, it's kind of cool that we got it done. Yeah, man, it's fun, man. I appreciate you, dude. I know the listeners out there, we appreciate them, and we right. ask that uh, they come back again next week. And, hey, if you're hearing us for the first time, download us, like it, um, let your friends know about it, send it to your friends, let them know we're talking Clemson football here with LaVon Kirkland. Uh, LaVon, appreciate you, man. We're going to be back here next week. We're going to talk about the open week and get everybody set up for the Tigers as they continue on through this uh, 2020 football season. So for Will Vandervoort, that's LeVon Kirkland. You've been listening to Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.